calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hey, hey, welcome everybody to another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Yeah, well, we're back again to talk about a bunch of geeky news stories going on in the world of geektainment, in the geekiverse, in the geek I I don't know how you say that, Galaxy. The Galaxy, I guess it starts with a G. It'll be that. All right. Ge- the, ge- the geek the geek The geek 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 What about geek Galaxy? Geek Galaxy? Is that too much? Do you mean the Geekiverse? Oh, oh, oh. All right. Oh, did you say I thought I said Geekiverse. No, I said Geek World, didn't I? Oh, well, whatever. Anyway, we're going to get into so many things going on here that is happening in our world. Blue Beetle. We got a Blue Beetle. We got ourselves some trailers to talk about. We got some update with Taiko Atiti, who apparently is directing 45 films at the same time. And we're going to get into our main topic, which is discussing what if we're on the heels or we're on the precipice of what if coming out. So we're going to talk about if what if some of this stuff is going to be canon going forward in the future. There's been a loud drumbeat of people who want to see Captain Carter live action. That's for damn sure. So we're getting into all of that. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. Mike? I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shan? And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Silicon Valley. Okay. All right. I like it. Is something wrong with the internet? What's going on over there? Is, is... Yeah. Okay. Some, my internet's been kind of dropping in and dropping out. Mm. Hold on one second. I'm just... Oh, oh wow. Shannon. This. Shannon's having internet problems. Well, that's... Uh... <laughs> Well, isn't that a horse of a different color? <laughs> Feels way better on this end of how, things, how I'll is, tell you that much. <laughs> how, how, how is that? Is that better? 
Oh, yeah. Much better. Absolutely. Shout out okay, to your ring good. tea, too. I like that ring tea. Um, good combo. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, the way this usually <laughs> works for those of you who are returning. Thank you very much for staying on the Geek Buddies train. We appreciate it. For those of you who are new, thanks for taking a chance on us and hanging out with us. And for those of you listening on the podcast feed, thank you even more. And remember, the Geek, Bit is, the Geek Buddies is a podcast as well. So you can <laughs> download to the Geek Buddies, download the Geek Buddies podcast and listen to all our stuff there. Uh, I really want I really want to do geek biddies. I want geek biddies. I want three I want three old women at their Miami retirement home just doing the geek news every week. The geek biddies. Oh, I want it. I love that Joel Lamont Duena. He's fantastic. I love him on Cobra Kai. Um, that's, that's not how any of this works. It's not how this works. <laughs> what? <laughs> right exactly uh all right we're gonna get to it. the way that you, the show usually works is each of us presents a geek news item we all talk about it amongst ourselves for your enjoyment then we take a, a bit of a mini break and jump into our main topic which as i mentioned is the what if is canon so what if can it becomes canon so we're gonna talk about that uh but anyway i think shannon you start us off first is that correct that's right with trailers 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 three new trailers this week we're going to talk a lot about them, so let's just get right in. First off, we have the second trailer for the Venom sequel, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. This one uh, has Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Andy Serkis directing, adding Woody Harrelson as Cassidy, also known as Carnage. Um, so the first trailer that we saw for this, there was sort of like it, there was a kind of a meh reaction. Mm. Um, this one definitely looks a lot more dynamic um also i think has it been a year since we got that first trailer so they they had a had a had a good long while to come in some of those effects mm -hmm. um definitely woody harrelson is really going to be i think what may make or break this movie and based off of based off of this second trailer it looks like they may have made it but gentlemen what do you all think yeah. mike uh <laughs> not sold not sold not really? sold on it. Okay. Uh, I know. I know. I might be in the minority <laughs> on this one. Um, look, I uh, do. I think this is a more dynamic trailer. Did we see more of Woody Harrelson as Carnage? Does he not have a horrible wig? Yes, all of that's true. But I also, uh, I think this is a better cut trailer. It's better put together. Mm -hmm. But all of the underlying issues that I just have with this. There's two parts to this. The underlying issues I have with the overall venture of a Spider-Verse with no Spider-Man still remain. I mean, Sony's doing their best with what they can do. I still don't fully buy it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I just, I just question, you know, I, I think that the first Venom movie, in my opinion, um, is so rough on the story front and mm -hmm. so does not come together well that... Even with Andy Serkis stepping into direct and adding in Woody Harrelson and the carnage of it all, like it still like doesn't really excite me. I know that like people who love Venom, I, mean, I know the movie did fantastic. If you love Venom, you want to see him on screen. You got what you wanted. Now you want to see Carnage. They're giving you that. Like I understand the thrill of seeing these characters on screen together. Um, and I'm still just not a hundred percent sold on the bond between. Um, Eddie and Venom like the mm. whole I know they're going for the more comedic beat I think that can possibly work I'm not 100% against it but it still didn't fully win me over in this trailer so I watched it and was kind of like okay yeah I will see how it goes but I know that I know that Johnny I know that you felt differently you yeah. you, uh, you were into it but I think what you you stated earlier Michael is the right point this is a better cut trailer so I enjoyed this trailer for the trailer that it was. I like the way they presented the trailer. I like the way you got, you did get a different haircut for Cletus Cassidy. We got two more shots of Shriek. God forbid we let her speak for God's sakes, but maybe they're holding that off until the movie. But I want to see, I wanted to see more of that, but we got at least a little bit more of that. Michelle Williams doesn't come in until all the way at the end. And then she's with Dan from Veep for God's sakes. Uh, but, but I think, I think what was great though, is that they're, they understood, they're like, we made $875 million off that first movie. We're going to replace the director. We're going to bring in someone of even more note, Andy Serkis, but we're not changing the overall vibe of this movie. So Sony has taken a gamble that this kind of approach to Venom, which is what we're getting with Eddie and Venom and the, you know, I'm going to bash your face and, oh, I'm hungry, I'm your friend, that kind of stuff. They are banking on the fact that that's why the people want to come back and see it again. So 
We'll see, Mikey. If people come back and this is at five hundred million or four hundred million, then obviously they're going to make a complete uh, sea change about how they go forward with Venom, like Transformers did after last night. They're like, "Oh, all right, everyone's done with the Michael Bay version. Let's move on." I think they're going to maybe do the same thing here, but it feels almost like a Jan Fav- John Favreau situation where they asked him to do Lion King, but they said, "This is what you've got to do." Uh, are you willing to still direct the movie? And he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll make some money off it, too, and that's fine. I'll stick to what you want me to do. And it seems like with Circus, they brought him in and said, you just got to keep this rhythm to it or vibe to it, and that's what we got. So, But I hear you. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of that approach, but I'm trusting yeah, that look, Andy might make it work. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Look, maybe maybe Venomous Cookie Monster is going to fully work for me when I see the full movie. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm super, I am super open to, 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 to the Give Me Cookies version of Venom. And it could be really good. I'm not 100% sold yeah. just yet. We didn't hear you a know, Carnage uh, voice, though, so that's good, right? So maybe the Carnage voice is different. I don't know. Shannon, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, equi- the, the comparison to Venom as Cookie Monster, especially in the voice, thinking back to the trailer, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah that's that accurate. Is, uh, that's yeah. a fair assessment. And look, we're all we're, – I think everyone was excited to have Andy Serkis directing, but really the only thing we've seen him direct was – was uh, uh, the Jungle Book that went to Netflix, yeah, Mowgli, uh, Mowgli, Mowgli which yeah. did not get the best reception. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, now visually it was pretty stunning, and that's what you can say about this trailer as well. I mean, those those carnage effects. I mean, they they look really good. Yeah. Um, will that translate to a good movie? We'll see. I mean, the fact that they did switch out Woody Harrelson's party city Here. wig for something like an actual wig. It's like, yeah, Woody Harrelson is is a dynamic actor it's it's going to be a visually dynamic film. Whether or not the story all comes together, we'll see. But again, as you all said, that first Venom movie, I wasn't a fan and made a ton of money and a lot of people liked it. I remember watching that movie on opening night, cracking up at something pretty cringe-inducing for me and Kalinowski leaning over. He's just like, can you believe people are laughing at this? I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is... This this was not necessarily made for those uh, made for the comic fans of Venom. This was made for the general movie going audience who doesn't necessarily uh, think that Venom and Spider Man have to be connected. Yeah, uh, right. Um, but we'll see. So, <laughs> uh, and Venom comes out. Oh my gosh! Just ne- uh, next month, September twenty yeah, fourth. It's Woo! around the corner. Our n- so our next trailer is actually from a buddy of ours named Kay Cannon. Oh. She's the writer of the Pitch Perfect movies, also directed Blockers, and she's doing her new version of Cinderella. Uh, so originally this was supposed to be in theaters, but during the pandemic, Sony made a deal, and so it's going to come out on Amazon Prime now. Um, really interesting look at this movie. I mean, this is a completely different Cinderella. I mean, if you've seen Pitch per- the per- uh, Pitch Perfect films, if you've seen Blockers, you have a taste of Kay's um sense of humor and and Kay is an incredibly funny lady and based off of this trailer I'm like I don't don't know how the movie's gonna be um this is a completely different Cinderella but it definitely looks really funny I mean you have some really you have a very funny performance uh from Billy Porter you have uh as Camilla Cabello is that how you say is that how you pronounce it Mm -hmm. uh I think this is her first big acting role you've also got Adina Menzel Broadway's Adina Menzel in it as the wicked stepmother, Miss Brosnan and Minnie Driver as the prince's parents. Um, what'd you guys think? The first look at Cinderella. Uh, I will say this. I, I liked it. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to get. I'm not the target demographic, as I said in my trailer reaction. I am not who they're trying to get in the theater necessarily. Uh, or maybe. Or maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But I, uh, but I really... Says, appro- says, the guy, says the guy who introduced me to Into the Woods. Get the That's, fuck out of here. I do like musicals, but I, I, I mean, this approach to a Cinderella story. I mean, I've never seen the Brano one and everyone says it's incredible. So <clears throat> I haven't found myself uh, necessarily putting that one on at any time. But this one, I really liked Kay's approach to it. You know, this is an this is 2021. This is an upwardly mobile young woman. She's trying to build her own business. Yes, she falls in love with a prince, but doesn't mean she's got to sit around waiting for a prince. It's a new era. It's a new type. It's a new interpretation. I think it works really well. And Camilla Cabello, look, you know, no offense to Brandy. No offense to these other actresses who try who try to transition from singing into acting. Not all of them make it. I mean, certainly Lady Gaga from that House of Gucci trailer looks incredible. Like she's she's gone next level. So you you wonder, you worry. But Camilla Cabello looks absolutely believable. She's no perfect than what I saw in the trailer. Having Billy Porter, that's just perfect, perfect, perfect casting. Once again, 2021, a new twist 
on the fairy godmother it totally works and it looks fun it looks vibrant uh, i haven't seen schmigadoon yet but you've got this vibe that we're slowly walking back into this musicals right it, it, greatest showman then we had in the heights which was fantastic west side story is coming schmigadoon and now this so certainly there seems to be a market where people are opening the door to musicals more and more and i think k from the trailer i think this looks like a fun film mike yeah i uh i, I think i had dinner with k like a, you know, two years ago, th- mm. two and a half years ago, and she was like, and this was before the pandemic, before everything, and she was telling me, she's like, I'm, I'm flying to London, I'm going to film this Cinderella movie that I wrote, and she kind of gave me the broad strokes, like Cinderella wants to be a dressmaker, she's not sure she wants to just get married and settle down, uh, it's going to be like a mix of like new original songs, and uh, you know, like kind of like classic jukebox kind of musical songs, like we're going to pull stuff, kind of be a little bit anachronistic with it, yeah. and Billy Porter's going to be this fabulous godmother, and I was like, okay, that all sounds interesting to me. <laughs> As opposed to Roca, that is right up my alley. But I will see, that sounds like so huge, so ambitious. Um, and then I, ha- I was over at her house a couple weeks ago and she was just telling me how much she loved the filming of it mm-hmm. and how great it was uh, and how she was like the COVID. She said she was a kinder, gentler Tom Cruise on the set as far as making <laughs> sure that everybody was masked up and doing things appropriately. Um, but was just telling me like all of like how great it was to have these huge musical numbers. And I'm like, all right. And then I saw the trailer and I'm like, holy shit. I texted her. I was like, I think you did everything you said. Like, as mm-hmm. I said on Twitter, this hit every gay, fabulous, once upon a pop musical time in my body. Like I was 100% on board. It's all the things I love and it looks great. It totally, and I think John, you said this in your uh, trailer reaction, totally was giving me Greatest Showman vibes. Mm. Just like these big production numbers. That song that Camila Cabello is singing at the end of the trailer is epic to me. Like I am super down for this. Like I love musicals. I love fairy tales. Like I'm all about, and and I love Billy Porter as a fabulous uh, as a fabulous godmother. Um, I think it's all really really cool. So I'm stoked. Like I feel like this is one of those. I remember when Greatest Showman first came out, and it wasn't getting the best reviews, but John had seen it uh, mm. at a screening, I think. Yeah. And uh, the three of us actually, we did a double feature. We saw Jumanji and Greatest Showman oh, yeah. in one day. That's right. Uh, and I remember <laughs> that you were like the Greatest Showman, like I. I I know that the reviews aren't great, but I, I want to. I want to see it with you. I want to see it with you. I'm like, all right, let's see it. And I think like two minutes into the movie, I was like, this is. The, I'm so into this right now, <laughs> and I'm getting those same vibes from this trailer. So I am all on board the Cinderella train for this. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got Greatest Showman vibes. I also got Moulin Rouge vibes when you see them. Like they're doing uh, when they were doing sure. Rhythm Nation. I was like, oh, this seems like kind of a like like a more joyous uh, um, Moulin Rouge right now. Mm. And also, just based off the trailer, based off of Camila Cabello's performance, like as John said, like a lot of those, a lot, a lot of singers try to make that leap to acting, and it's just not. They just don't have that gear. It's just yeah. not in them. Um, based Madonna. off of the trailer, yeah, sorry, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Evita, <laughs> <laughs> based off of the trailer. Um, not only seem like she's giving a pretty convincing uh, uh, performance, she knows how to land a joke. Yeah, and that's... again, that's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, she has some really, really funny moments. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I would not consider myself uh, uh, the demographic for this necessarily, but I'll certainly throw it on on September third, which is when it drops on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. That is a really good point. I mean, I think like for all the for all the great music and everything else that's in there, I think that uh, that moment when Billy Porter is like, "Do you want to go to the ball and hang out with a bunch of rich people and change your life forever?" and she's like, "Yeah, I've literally been singing about that for the past two minutes." I was like, "I you you give me a little self referential musical joke in there," and I'm like, "Yep, that's it." Mwah, I mean, just kiss the, the glass. A slipper moment. She's like, did a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, even magic has its limits. I mean, <laughs> that's very, very funny. Oh, yeah. um, and just a week later, which brings us to our last trailer, on September 10th, we'll be getting on Netflix, Kate, yeah. starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead. So as I was watching this trailer, I mean, it's, it, in the trailer, in the credits, they say from a, of Atomic Blonde. And, and this just seems to be up Netflix's alley right now on the, on the, on the, on the heels of, uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. I mean, this mm, is just a, a terrific performer kicking ass. Like as I was watching this trailer, um, that also it also has Woody Harrelson in it as well. As I was watching this trailer, it was like, oh, if you watch 
birds of prey and were disappointed at how much Huntress you didn't get, I think this movie is definitely yeah. going to fill that void. I mean, Mary Elizabeth Winstead just, I mean, she just looks awesome. There's just an intensity and a realness that she brings to brings to her performances. But basically, she's playing a, a female assassin in Japan who gets poisoned and she has 24 hours to get vengeance on her murderer before he dies. That's pretty much the extent of this. It's Mary Elizabeth Winstead on the revenge trail kicking ass. Yeah. But gentlemen, what did we think of the first look at Kate? Oh yeah, I did my, I, I saw, I was, I saw this come out and I was like, oh, I got to do a trailer reaction for this. This is so up my alley. And I recorded it last night, last minute, just threw it on. But this is the combo of old boy, of crank, of any revenge film you can you can just put into this mix right here plus the vibrant colors definitely gives it that little bit of gunpowder milkshake vibe but a japanese vibe and the director is a french director uh and the writers from the huntsman the winter's war or whatever it is the second one that came out so but like so i uh, think i'm sorry he directed that's the director he directed it he did, yeah, he did. So yeah. it's a different writer. Sorry about that. The director is the guy who directed the Huntsman's Winter's War, or whatever. So maybe that doesn't give you too much confidence. He was a visual effects supervisor uh, for a few films before he. This is his first kind of like theatrical feature. So you're seeing the looks of what he can do visual effects wise, totally out there for people to see. But I like this Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Look, this is a more hardcore woman. She has kind of been through the wars herself in her own life. I mean, she's had some personal stuff go on with all the drama around you and McGregor, but also like those pictures being posted without her permission on the Internet. Like she's had to go through some stuff here. And I think what you're seeing since that Fargo season, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is a completely different actress than you remember her in like Spot Scott Pilgrim or some of the younger stuff. She's got a steal to her performances now. That is great to see. So in something like this, which could easily be a throwaway film, bringing her into this and Woody, of course, is who's becoming the new Nicolas Cage, by the way, uh, bringing her in really solidifies and grounds the movie and makes you immediately connect to the lead and want to see her achieve the goals. And she did all her own stunts. None of these stunts were used with, she says, all her own stunts, all her own fighting. Every time you see her, even from behind, that's her. So certainly she was trying to do something here and make a statement. And maybe you're right, Shannon, the Huntress stuff, maybe she was mad she didn't get to do more Birds of Prey, so she wanted to show what she could do. Mike? Yeah, I, I thought this was a great trailer. I have two. Re I, I do love that we have the sort of revenge, badass assassin drama kind of vibe. Like, this is a genre that we have now, but we've just replaced the males with the females, and yeah. we get to see these, like, big... Like, it's like it's yeah. a genre unto itself right now, which I think is great, but just like the male version of this genre, it sort of makes or breaks it on the performer and the yeah. concept. Yep. Because, like, we've seen some of these movies where it's like, here's the awesome badass female, and she's got to go kill a bunch of people, and, like, either the actress isn't the most interesting or the most dynamic, or the concept is pretty straightforward, and you feel like you've seen it before. Like, there's a bunch of trailers kind of floating around right now where you're like, this movie doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look good. It just mm. looks like the I've seen it before. And, like, with this, A, I agree with everything you guys are saying about her. I think she is a fantastic dynamic actress, and this just looks like a showcase for her. And she looks yeah. amazing in the trailer. And to Shannon's point... Um, you know, the concept of you got poisoned, you have 24 hours. Like, this is it. Like, that's that's the clock. You know in the trailer, like, this is the clock of the movie. And this sort of idea of, like, you have just this amount of time and no fucks left to give because this is it for you and you're going to do everything you can to take revenge on the people that did this to you. Like, it's really straightforward, but it's a really compelling concept. Like, it's mm -hmm. great. Like, you know, it's almost like, all right, well, we know she's going to die, <laughs> but what is the journey going to be? Like, since it's not about I want to save myself, it doesn't appear to be, right. uh, you know, that like, you know, what is the story? And like, that's really interesting to me. So I, I'm super on board with it. I can't wait to go see it. I also do love, I was thinking about it as Shannon said it, you know, I feel like we all as a, uh, as a, as a pop culture entertainment going public have shifted really easily into this idea that some movies come out in theaters and some come out on our TVs. Mm -hmm. You know, as we've been doing, like, uh, you know, whether it be this trailer or some of the others that we do, or, or Cinderella, like, you know, that we can go from, oh, here's a trailer that we're really excited about and I can't wait to go to the theater and see it, and here's a trailer that I'm really excited about and I can't wait to pop it on and sit on my couch, and I just think it's cool that we live in that world where that is, uh, both of those options are available to us. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, definitely this is the type of movie that's, 
if it were in theaters to me, I'm like, this is an afternoon movie. Like, let's 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 go see it yeah. on Sunday afternoon. Let's grab dinner and drinks afterwards and talk about what a badass Mary Elizabeth Winstead is. Yeah, totally. And we can still do that. We can watch it on my couch and we can go get drinks after and talk about what a badass she is. Oh, it's that sounds amazing, Mike. I can't wait to do that. I mean, it's great when your friends live so close by and you can just pop on over for a visit. You know, just, it's a nice little just pop over. It's a pop over. Okay. Remember popovers, Johnny? Remember yeah, popovers? Pop- yeah, I don't recall popovers. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Hot pockets, those I recall. All right, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, and that one comes out September 10th, right? Is that correct, uh, Shannon? September 10th on Netflix. Yeah. On Netflix. All right, hopefully I get an early uh, uh, screening for that. I want to see it. All right, uh, oh, Cobra Kai here. Uh, this is the next story. We're jumping into the Cobra Kai star, Zolo Maradueña. He has been cast as Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, in, in the Blue Beetle adaptation that DC is doing. One of many Latinos that are starting to kind of get into these positions, Leslie Grace being cast as Batgirl, Sasha Calle as Supergirl. Uh, and, of course, before that, we had Jay Hernandez, who was in the first Suicide Squad movie, and Renee Montoya. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Rosie Perez is Renee Montoya in the Birds of Prey movie. So, you know, hey, hey, we're starting to be show. We're starting to show up in these roles, which is really nice to see. And Zolo Maradona, who is fantastic in, in Cobra Kai. So seeing him step into Jaime Reyes, I think it's a perfect casting decision. He's the right age. He's the right look. He's the right approach. He is of Mexican, Cuban, and Ecuadorian heritage. So it's all Latino here. And I love that he's stepping into this role. And this is the third edition of the blue beetle in terms of the comics the history of the comics um and i think he follows ted cord right because ted followed someone else am i correct on that or is ted the original blue beetle Mike? is there is there a ted pre- was the let, let, okay. let me, i'm gonna look it up I'm gonna okay, look, it, look up. it up because i'm pretty sure there's blue beetles and three blue beetles in the comics but either way he's going to be playing jaime Reyes in this and this is being directed by angel manuel soto who did charm city kings which i think is either on netflix or hulu right now for y'all to watch or maybe it's amazon prime and the screenplay is being written by Mexican-born writer Gareth Dunnett Alcazar, who uh, wrote uh, Scar- the Scarface, the upcoming Scarface remake, and Sony's Miss Bala. But yeah, Zolo is a part of this thing. Mike, I go to you first. Do you like this casting? Do you like the kid? Jaime Reyes, pretty awesome character. Are you excited for this? I'm excited. Uh, I-, I think he's great. I think the casting is dead on. So I think mm-hmm. like it's like that's a big thumbs up for them. Also, I just love when they announce the casting of their lead because it means the movie's actually happening. Yeah, good like, point. Like, there's always the, there's Great always points. the, oh, Warner Brothers and HBO Max are doing this movie, and then you just sort of like never hear about it again. Like, there's been a, there's been a good number of DC projects that we've been excited about that we've talked about on here, and then like we're like, oh, can't wait to get more information, and then like three years later, you're like, oh, I guess nothing happening. But like once you get your lead cast, that's a pretty sure sign that like things are definitely moving forward. So I think that's yeah. great. Um, because I'm super stoked. I. Uh, as a as a as a guy who's been reading comics his whole life, I always will have a soft spot for Ted Cord and Booster Gold. I love yeah. those guys. Those 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 fools are just the the uh, the Laverne and Shirley of the DC universe, and you gotta love them. But Jaime Reyes is way more interesting to me as a character. I feel like his story is way more dynamic. I think he's a cooler superhero. I think his abilities are really awesome. And as opposed to, I, I'm excited for. Supergirl. I'm excited mm. for uh, the Batgirl casting. I'm excited for all of those. But why I'm a little bit more excited for this project is that from his very inception, Jaime Reyes has been a story about a Latin superhero mm. and a Latin family, and it deals with uh, it deals with Latin issues. It deals with immigrant issues. Yeah. Like as opposed to just taking a character and saying we're going to put this person in this role, and that is awesome, and I fully support it, and I think it's great. Um, this is a story much like, uh, much like Black Panther with Coogler and, and, uh, and Bozeman and everybody mm-hmm. where you are telling a story about a character that is inherently this culture. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Uh, you know, as we talked about, like, I would be more excited if this was going to be like a full big feature release, but as long as Warner Brothers and HBO Max, like put the money in it and really give us a movie that is a full all the way special effects superhero bonanza. Um, as I was just saying, I'm super happy to see it on my couch if it's as awesome as I hope it can be. Yeah, I want it to look that way as well. I don't want it to look like, you know, a glorified TV movie. I hope to God, like we saw, with, like we've seen with Bad Batch and some of these Disney Plus shows, you want to see that kind of money 
behind the look and feel and approach to these kinds of movies. Or other words, you know, people of color are going to be like, yeah, you gave us this, but you gave it to us on the small screen and you didn't bring the big guns. So fuck you. Get us more. And I think that's what I hope Warner Brothers isn't trying to split, the, you know, trying to have it both ways here. If they're doing this, put all the money into it and really give some love to it. Uh, Shannon, real quick, uh, Zolo responded to all of this and he said, the only thing that is on my mind right now is just the fact that he's Latino. I have so much pride in getting to be a part of this project with Angel, someone like him. That's the director. I think it's so important and I don't want to stand on the soapbox for too long, but representation is so important. Uh, what do you think about this whole news? I mean... Look, uh, like I, I echo the concerns about uh, budget because as of this mm. point, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might be, um, but we haven't seen an HBO Max big special effects movie. Like we mm. haven't seen something on the level of some of the things Netflix has done to varying levels of success. I mean, you look at some Netflix movies where they did spend a lot of money and old product was more rare. Um, like Batgirl seems like a movie that you could do on a more economical budget. Blue Beetle, you can't really do that. I mean, this is going to be just just with his character mm. um that is going to be this is going to be an, an effects heavy film and you hope that the budget is is going to be there to support whatever um whatever the vision is yeah. um in terms of just uh zolo playing this character i mean when we you know cobra kai as much as i'm kind of you know so so on some of it um, he has been one of the most consistent things. Yeah. I mean, especially some of his work in the third season after his, like if any of our viewers haven't watched it, I won't spoil it, even though it's been all over the promos. Um, his, his character, there's a turn in third se in the third season. And he has consistently done like a really, really, really fantastic job amongst some performances that are great and amongst some performances that are a little bad. Mm -hmm. um, but to, to what Vogel was saying about the Ted Cord um, Booster Gold of it all, this is also a movie that could be kind of a Ooh. buddy comedy because in past iterations, depending on where you're watching it, the Scarab has a personality. The Scarab, there is some interplay mm. between uh, Jaime and the Scarab. Sometimes the Scarab is just kind of beeping. Sometimes it actually has dialogue. So this could could be something very fun and something very enjoyable to watch. And to your point, John, Ted Cord was the second oh, Blue Beetle. The he was a character named Dan Garrett. Um, so so That's good on right. you on that. Yeah, I uh, had yeah, a feeling. Shan yeah. Shannon, uh, no, Shannon makes a good point. I mean, for those that don't know uh, who Jaime Reyes is and who Blue Beetle is, uh, you know, as, as opposed to Ted Cord, who kind of dressed up in a Beetle costume and had like a Beetle theme going on, uh, Jaime Reyes uh, has this scarab from outer space that attaches to his back that is sentient mm -hmm. and has its own personality and its own drive and its own plans. And those plans are usually pretty violent. Um, yeah. And so become like, so like this young kid, uh, who is in, uh, I believe he's in Texas, but uh, Texas. but who gets, yeah, who gets this, who gets this scarab on his back, who gets these amazing abilities, but also has this alien artifact on his back that's constantly like, let's kill, let's destroy. In a way, it's kind of similar to what's going on with Tom Hardy in the Venom, yeah. uh, in the Venom movies, but like less organic and more tech uh, focused. Um, but yeah, there's the potential for a lot of fun there and a lot of, uh, some of the greatest Blue Beetle stories with Jaime Reyes kind of involve him sort of arguing it out with the scarab I've been trying to be more of the hero than maybe this artifact uh, was intending to be uh, at the get-go. So I'm sure that that will definitely be a part of this story. Um, and yeah, if they do it right, it could be really, really, really entertaining. I just want to hear a Spanish cooking monster. No lo matas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just want to see that. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, they're going to start production. So and, and uh, I think the screenwriter is being interviewed when he said that uh, he got the part. Zola got the part. And they're expecting him to come in and, and start the process of uh, production. So this is awesome. So hopefully we'll be seeing it yep. very, very soon. Uh, excited about a lot of things that are coming here for DC. I hope they get them right because I really want to enjoy these characters and their work. Yeah, exactly. Shannon. All right, let's move on. Mikey, what do you got for us, brother? Uh, well, let's talk about our good friend, Taika Waititi, uh, the busiest man in Hollywood. Uh, you know, in addition uh, to, I believe he has a soccer movie that's coming out soon. He is in the movie Free Guy that's coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, he is got, he's got Thor, Love and Thunder, obviously, which we are all very excited about. He's writing a Star Wars movie. Taika Waititi's all over the place. Um, and for those who remember, I believe we talked about it on here, uh, he was also hired a few years back to tr crack an animated Flash Gordon movie, um, mm. I believe for Fox, I believe for 20th Century Fox. And then of course, Disney bought Fox. Uh, and it's now 20th Century Films. And it was all big questions about what was going on. But it is Taika Waititi. It's a big space thing. 
things looked like it was still going to be good. We were going to get an animated Taika Waititi Flash Gordon movie. But um, in some recent press interviews around Jungle Cruise, producer John Davis uh, has kind of let slip and told people that the formerly animated Flash Gordon movie is now going to be a fully live action movie. That basically Taika Waititi came to them and said, I want to do an animated Flash Gordon. And they were like, sure, Taika, you're cool. Let's do it. And then Taika was like, you know what? As I've been writing this script and I'm thinking about it, I want to do it live action. And they were like, cool, you're Taika. We'll do it live action it's kind of whatever you want to do taika waititi <laughs> um so so uh flash gordon uh you know big sci-fi pulp star from back in the day was created to sort of compete with buck rogers there was a really weird 80s movie for flash gordon that if you love it you love it and if you don't boy yeah. you don't um <laughs> and like flash gordon it's one of those things that like has the potential <laughs> to be cool like Star Wars and Star Trek and all the other things that we're super excited about, but it's never quite made the leap. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are thinking that Taika's going to do it. Uh, people were sure he was going to do it when Flash Gordon was being animated, and I think the idea of him doing another giant sci-fi live-action special effects bonanza uh, in addition to the Thor movies and the Star Wars movie uh, isn't making anybody mad at the moment. But what do you gentlemen think? Uh, let me see. Uh, I like this idea. I, I like, uh, you know, I, I've been waiting for Flash Gordon to be remade, um, uh, and because it's I, it's it shocks it's shocking to me that that came, film came out in like 1980, and we're at what 32 years since that film came out, and it's still or four I don't know how long is it, but like 42 years or something like that, and it still hasn't been remade, which is insane to me. That film is so ripe. For being remade so taika watiti is the right choice uh you're right he's working on so many things but him doing the sci-fi stuff with the thor ragnarok and space stuff and make it funny it all works chris hemsworth seems like the natural choice here but i wonder if they'll go in another direction but he seems to be the right choice so why not i, I think it's a smart move to let him be a part of this <clears throat> shannon uh well i i fully disagree on the chris hemsworth Oh, wow. I think right. at this point, we should find a different leading man just because Thor Ragnarok, he did he did use Flash Gordon as a lot of the inspiration for Thor Ragnarok. Uh, good point. I mean, you look, at, you, you look at Taika Waititi's uh, uh, recent kind of breadth of work and how Disney clearly wants to keep him in the family. Mm -hmm. um, you look at his work on The Mandalorian. Look at his two Thor films. He's writing a Star Wars film. I mean, even Jojo Rabbit. I think this well, I, I, was it before that Disney bought Fox, but I mean, that was Fox Searchlight. I mean, yeah, it was before. Disney, yes. Yeah. Disney very much wants to keep him kind of in the brood. I mean, uh, it seems like such a natural pairing. And I, I have to think uh, that Taika Waititi is just living his best life right now. Like you have a kid who who grew up being inspired by Star Wars, loving Flash Gordon, and literally getting to do all the. Basically, he gets to open up his toy box from when he was a kid and and make those make those adventures he had as a child reality now. Yeah. Um. It's and and there there I read something with one of the producers where okay why go back to the well like if you are doing star wars if you are doing thor if you are using these things that flash gordon inspired like why 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 do flash gordon it seems like it could be a little a little also ran at this point but the producer had uh, assured the reporter that is like nope this is this is taika's uh take on it like we would not have and on if we didn't think he could bring something wholly original to it and what we're going to get is something wholly taika mm -hmm. and i think that's I, I think that's really exciting and i'm very curious to see who they will cast as flash gordon yeah uh obviously not uh, liam so there you go Martin. i will say <laughs> I, will, I, I will say i do have one one like disappointment okay. a little bit and that is only that uh i was excited for a giant sci-fi Taika Waititi animation brand. Like, I do mm -hmm. think that uh, the, the common thinking, and I think everybody is kind of having this reaction now, that, like, animated Taika movie, good. Live-action Taika movie, even better. Like, if we want to see these big things, let's see them in live-action. Let's see them fully realized. But... Um, I was really excited to have a animated feature, kind of like with Lord and Miller doing Spider-Verse. You know, I think that mm -hmm. like the more that we get some of these bigger name directors working with really, really great animation directors and animation teams and elevating the genre of animation uh, constantly, 
is mm-hmm. also great. So like, you know, the idea of having like a Star Wars level brand that only existed in animation was really compelling to me. I'm also excited to see a live action Flash Gordon. Like I'm obviously <laughs> going to be stoked about it and we'll talk about the trailer when it comes out and we'll all be like, ah, oh, it's amazing. But as like the animation nerd, there's definitely a part of me that wants some of these big things to start just existing in animation. So that's mm-hmm. like my one, I wouldn't even call it a gripe. It's just like, well, that would have been cool. This will be cool too. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Anything else on that one, Mike? Anything else from uh, Max Hedrum over here? <laughs> Is that what's happening? Oh, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's like it's, <laughs> I'll tell you something about. Taking, I like it. What TV? I like it's it. Basically makes me that. makes me feel like I'm back in the '80s. I got I got me, John Roca, <laughs> and Max Hedrum trying to sell me a Diet Coke. Like it's perfect. I love it. Or new Coke. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get on out of here. This section of the show here. Uh, this uh, we're going to take a quick break and get into our discussion about what if being canon in the MCU, according to its head writer. We'll be right back uh, <laughs> right after this. I don't know if this is working. If, if I'm Max Hedrum, I was really no. It worked. Oh. It worked. I was really, I was really hoping it wasn't going to. I was waiting for the ba 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 ba. But no, you actually, you pulled that one off. You were good. Yeah. Good job, buddy boy. (laughs) All right. uh, (laughs) uh, What if uh, we're we're into August 5th right now. So what if is six days away from coming out as we're recording this August 11th, it is going to be coming out on, uh, on Disney plus. And um, uh, IGN was speaking to the head writer, AC Bradley about their show and was asked if it's going to be canon, and this was the response from AC Bradley, the events of what if are canon. It's part of the MCU multiverse. The multiverse is here. It is real, and it is absolutely fantastic, people. And, of course, Kate Heron pretty much said that in interviews that Loki was the launch of the multiverse. We'd, we'd known that the multiverse was going to be in the MCU since they titled Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. There were certainly hints of it in Wanda. Uh, vision as well uh, and you know you look at all the people that are going to be involved all the characters you got you know uh, Sebastian Stan's coming back Haley Atwell's coming back as we said Agent Carter Chris Hemsworth as Thor Jeff Goldblum as Grandmaster Tom Hiddleston as Loki Natalie Portman as Jane Foster Paul Rudd as Ant-Man Josh Brolin as Daniel Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury Mark Ruffalo the Hulk Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is not going to be uh, uh, from what I understand is not going to be heard, or is he going to be heard? I, there's, some, there's some conjecture there whether we're going to hear Robert Downey Jr. or not. From the trailer, I didn't hear him, but the, now there's people saying we will be hearing him. And, of course, Chadwick Boseman is coming back. Uh, and apparently voicing, from what I read a couple of days ago, three or four different versions of T'Challa in What If. So that's going to be fun to see. But we're going to have all these multiple characters, coming, or multiple actors coming back, playing their characters from the MCU that we know, but in different forms. So now that we're opening the door to the multiverse, anything is possible. One last thing to add to this before we get to the discussion. Dave Batista on Twitter, when he was asked about why he's not voicing Drax, he said, they never asked me. So that's a curious uh, thing to hear as well. So what do you guys think overall about this? Do you like the idea that it, what if is going to be canon? Does this give you an extra incentive to watch this show now and get you even more excited to see what we might see live action down the road? Um, Max Hedrum over here, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard most of the question. Uh- oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but um, yeah, I, 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 in terms of it actually being canon, I believe John was the one who told me that there are rumors that uh, Haley Atwell is going to show up in Multiverse of Madness as Captain Carter. Yeah. And I think that's possibly, without having seen the show at this point, that sounds like the coolest idea ever to me. It sounds just like a blast. Mm. Um as we watched the finale to Loki, that was sort of the question that we all had because when Marvel announced everything at I don't I can't remember if this was announced at Comic Con or if it was announced at D twenty three. But when it was announced, um, you know the what if books, it was always just sort of a story that we know with one little change and how that changes everything. Um, thinking like, oh, this will be a fun, this will be a fun, fun series, fun animated series to watch in between the big things that we're really kind of champing at the bit for. Mm. But now knowing that these things are canon, these things are happening, they might not be happening on the main timeline as we know it, but they are. And depending on the reception of some of these things, 
who knows what could end up in the movies, what could end up on another Disney Plus series. It is interesting because I think we'd known for a while that Robert Downey Jr. was not going to voice Tony Stark. Right. Um, and, and I don't know if they went on record and just said, like, listen, we don't want to pay $30 million for, for Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. to voice or two. But he's not the only one. I mean, as, as John said, Batista isn't. I believe um, Brie Larson is not voicing no. Captain Marvel. Um, Cumberbatch is not voicing Doctor Strange, and I don't think Tom Holland is voicing Spider-Man. Um, why? We don't know. Is it a money issue? Is it like it wasn't contractually obligated? We don't know. But either way, uh, um, what we've seen from previews, especially some of the recent ones that have come out, um, there's one out right now where Jeffrey Wright's doing an interview. It just looks it just looks awesome. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I can't wait for August 11th. Yeah, Mike? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say, to answer your question, I wouldn't say that I'm more, there's a more of an incentive because I okay. was already 130% watching this. I mean, as we've talked about, like the cell shaded animation looks super, super cool. Uh, I was already on board. Like Shannon said, the concept of what if is really exciting. I liked it. Like, I was like, this is great. If this is just our own little, its own little pocket universe of Marvel where we get to see these other stories and these characters doing different things, that sounds super great. All that being said, the second that Loki, the finale happened, and we kind of saw the multiverse being born, and knowing that What If was coming back, as Shannon said, we all talked about it, and it does make it even cooler than it already was, mm. and it was already really cool. Like, yeah. it's the idea that this is actually these other worlds and these other characters are an important part of the story because Loki set us up like we like you like you said we've all known that Doctor Strange is going to be the multiverse of madness and if you're a comic book nerd the idea of a multiverse and different versions of characters and living in different worlds where different things have happened the idea that that was going to be something that existed was cool like we're like yeah okay cool multiverse but the way that Loki's storyline with the TVA with he who he who remains kind of being like i have kept things like this because there's this big multiverse thing the multiverse becoming such an important story for phase four uh as important as the infinity stones ever were for us leading up to this kind of like does add a little bit of extra weight and heft to the mm -hmm. what if stories um yeah, you know, there's like a there's an extended clip that's out on YouTube. Uh, it's about like maybe like a 40 second clip uh, from the Haley Atwell stuff. You know, yeah. kind of seeing her uh, and seeing Steve Rogers and seeing Bucky, and like it's great. Like you watch that, and you're like, if this is what we're getting for 10 episodes, like I'm so all about this. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've been hearing from a lot of people. There's definitely all the rumors, and like we all want to see uh, Captain Britain live action Haley Atwell. Uh, we're all into it, but like I've been hearing from some people that like this. I, like I at this point, I'm putting that at like. 98% to me. Like, I'm like, I feel like we're definitely getting her live action. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels that way for sure. Yeah. And just to run down to some of the stories here, uh, one of them is what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? What if Peggy Carter became Captain Britain, which we just talked about a couple times here? What if Bucky Barnes fought a Captain America zombie? So this idea we're getting of a zombie Avengers, that could be fun to explore as well. And do we know that each of these episodes is a self-contained story or will there be... <clears throat> Will they be running stories throughout that we check up on in chapters of each of the stories? For example, is Captain Britain going to be a three-episode arc? Is the Star-Lord T'Challa thing going to be a four-episode well, arc? I don't know how that's working. Well, and I don't know, and this is just a guess mm. on my part, but I do know there was all those articles. This was like about maybe a month ago. Okay. But some of the, the what-if consumer product stuff just some oh. images leaked online. Okay. Uh, and it kind of had a bunch of the characters together and it said something like Guardians of the Multiverse. <laughs> and uh, and not that that's, like that's consumer products. Like that might just be a, we're taking all these characters and we're putting them on a t-shirt and we're going to call them that. But I do feel like uh, it felt like Disney slash Marvel was like not super thrilled that that all got mm. out there. So it does seem like... Uh, there's definitely at least a possibility mm -hmm. that as opposed to each one of these being like, hey, here's a cute little story in the multiverse. Oh, here's another cute little story in a multiverse. Oh, isn't that a cute little world that maybe we are kind of gearing up for some bigger thing where yeah. we're going to see different versions of some of these characters maybe even come together. I mean, I think that part of the promise of the finale of Loki is that now we have all of these other universes kind of floating around and that mm -hmm. they are going to start intersecting and that they are going to start bumping up against each other and that there is going to be this bigger story. So if that starts to happen in What If, like, fuck yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah.
What do you think there, Shannon? I uh, coolest things about um, what what if has been able to do is or what they're going to be able to do is because we are so deep into into the Marvel mythos at this point. Um, one of the great things about in-game was each time they went to a different event uh, amongst the audience, at least for the first two weekends, there was just sort of this role of oh, they're going to, they're going to hear and you right. saw in one of the what if previews you see that great shot from the first avengers where they're kind of doing that little 360 where you can see each character and mm. then they have that little what if blip and you see the different version of what that would be i mean right. you, i believe you see t'challa star lord there um i think that's just gonna be the coolest thing one right. like what i i did watch that clip um that 40 second clip that also had neil mcdonough's uh dum dum dugan in it right right um Something and, and and I think Mike would be able to speak better to this than I would. Um, something that I thought was was interesting was the was the expressions on the face that like they, they don't they were a little unexpressive, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I so, thought the lip flap animated lip flap looked a little weird. Well, so I think look, I think this is the trade off of the style that they've chosen to go with, which mm -hmm. is in animation. Um, animation is a squash and stretch medium, meaning that like with 2D animation, particularly like you think of Bugs Bunny or something, you can squash and stretch and you can, that means you can make expressions bigger. When eyes bulge, when your mouth drops open, like you can really push that. Uh, and in CG, you have to work harder to attain that. But if you really stylize something, like there's a reason that when Incredibles came out, it was one of the first movies that kind of did human characters, but really made them look cartoony. Like, you know, Bob is huge and Edna Mode is tiny and they were more cartoony. And even with Clone Wars, which we talk about on our spoiler reviews each week about how yeah. beautiful it looks and how great the animation is, you know, those eyes are huge. Like they aren't, they are, right. they are stylized humans that have angular features and giant brows that can go up and down. So you're able to express a lot more than you can. And so what they've chosen to do, and I think it's the right choice, I think it's the right call for them, um, these characters are much more straight down the line human proportions. Mm -hmm. And they have to move in much more of a human way. But the closer that you get to actual human in CG animation, the more that we as regular, like you don't have to be an animation expert. You just have to be someone who has eyeballs and lives every day of your life to be a little bit of an expert on how humans move. And so the closer you get to actual human proportions, our eyes, everybody goes, mm, is that right? That looks a little weird. <laughs> that, could they express a little bit more? And so it's just, it's a lot harder to do. Uh, that being said, I think they're doing a great job. I think it looks amazing. But the thing that you're talking about where like their eyes kind of open or like the eyebrows go up and you're like, ah, we're so used to like watching, you know, Hunter and Wrecker and Omega and everybody on Bad Batch with these big eyes that can be so expressive that when you see someone with sort of normal sized eyes, even when their eyes get big and they go, oh, it's Steve, you're like, expression i don't know <laughs> so i think that's that's what you're seeing and, and and that's what their choice but i think particularly yeah. because they knew early on that this was going to be very much a part of the mcu that this isn't just a fun side project and so if we do want to see these characters from the actual mcu in different universes doing different things the choice to make them look as close to the actual actors playing them as possible and make them feel as human as possible i think was probably the right call yeah Brad Winderbaum, who's the executive producer on it, said that there was potential for the variant characters to appear in live action. Um, and so that may and, and, and tied it up to the main comics community of how people have been able to accept variants of different characters within reading comics. So why wouldn't they be able to do why they wouldn't they be able to do that? on screen in a feature well, film in feature films? So it's fascinating to open that door for sure. I can see the positives and the negatives, Mike. I also and I also will say, this is, and again, I, it's no, no news to anybody that I'm super right. impressed with how Marvel builds their shit. But uh, what they've done between Loki, now into What If, mm -hmm. into wherever they're going in Phase 4, is they are taking non-comic book people. Mm -hmm. and leading them step by step to under it's almost like a it's like let's let's ease you in like loki was six episodes that basically got you on board with variants <laughs> like take all the other cool stuff aside they're like okay when you they literally have an instructional video narrated by miss minutes to explain to you yeah. what a variant is they're like sure. so 
when the timeline does something wonky, there's a different version of you that exists. Maybe it's uh, an older version. Maybe it's a boastful version. Maybe it's an alligator. It could all happen. The universe is crazy. And then they go, they get you all the way there and you get to the end of Loki and they're like, okay, now there's a multiverse. And now we have this series that's like, Peggy Carter became the hero instead of Steve. T'Challa went to space. All this stuff happened. They are, they are now showing you what the full effect of a multiverse is and getting you super on board with the idea that characters can show up and be completely different and from a different reality with a completely different experience and they can pop over to our universe. And right. so now as we get into Doctor Strange, as we get into Spider-Man, as we get into all these things, Marvel has just given you a step-by-step-by-step-by-step uh, course in this is how a multiverse works. So if you're a super nerd like us, and you've grown up reading comic books and multiverses are like, yeah, we totally get it. It's fun to watch it in action. Mm -hmm. But for all of our friends, and I know all of us do, we all go see movies. We all like have our friends who text us after Loki and be like, I'm not a comic book person. Can you please tell me what the fuck just happened? Um, they are like, they are showing them this so that they're catching up the regular audience to stuff that comic book fans have known for years. And I just think it's super smart the way they're doing it. Yeah. Janet? And I don't know if you guys uh, said this already during one of my uh, Max Hedrums, um, but <laughs> yeah. Winderbaum did also confirm, shit, that it happened again. Uh, he did confirm that in season two of What If, Haley Atwell will be returning as Captain Carter, mm. not just in season two, but beyond, yeah. which is kind of like, okay, that's awesome that, that Captain Carter, Haley Atwell, might be sort of the connective tissue for all these seasons of What If that we're going to get. Well, and it makes sense too, right? Because I mean, this also feels, and Mike and Shannon, maybe you guys can speak to this as we head towards the end of the show here, but the, I mean, the sum of, I mean, Feige has been very clear about some of the mistakes they made in the previous phases of the MCU. Been very open about it. And that's a good thing to see. You don't see someone being stubborn or pig-headed about the creative decisions they made. He's like, I'm hearing what I'm hearing, and I'm agreeing with these complaints about the about uh, Tilda Swinton's character. I'm hearing these complaints about the Mandarin. I'm hearing these complaints about other things. And some of the other complaints, besides some of the casting decisions, has been some uh, us getting like shortchanged on the amount of exposure we had to certain characters. You know, Peggy Carter great in that first movie but then you know there was agent carter the tv show but theatrically they aged her up to die in a, in one of the films and then they aged her up for a quick scene in ant-man so you don't get as much time with that peggy carter that you want to have and you could argue she's one of the few standouts of the mcu that hasn't had enough screen time to really satisfy people who enjoy her character so getting a chance to see her do more here and then have it launch into something live action is a positive same thing same thing with uh dum dum and all that whole crew of theirs in captain america they only were there for like what five ten minutes of the movie and those guys have a shit ton of adventures with uh, uh with uh, captain america in world war ii so will yeah. we get more of that you want to see more of that rachel mcadams is coming back to voice her character will we have more of that in this as well so the idea to kind of maybe uh allow people to enjoy or in even uh, proxima midnight and ebony maw and call it all them having them come back as the as the dark order i think is what it's called there people felt that they were kind of shortchanged as this kind of scary crew well let's see what more they can do so Hopefully that will be something that they open the door to, for us to enjoy and maybe even launch it into live action. Do you also think it's a possibility that they'll use it as a test run, like certain characters playing or certain actors playing certain characters and then see if people respond to it positively and work it into a live action situation? Uh, so two, two answers to your thing. One, yeah. uh, one if, you, if you are watching this and you haven't watched Agent Carter uh, go watch it. Yeah. It is such a delight. Like, pa like, like Haley Atwell. Oh. Haley Atwell is so good. And Agent Carter, you might think that like, oh, well, it's kind of about her and there's no superheroes. It is such a fun show. Uh, you should absolutely watch it. It's great. And she's amazing. And you can see in her performance in that show why Kevin Feige and Marvel and Disney and everybody would be like, you know what? We should, uh, we should circle back on this uh, Peggy <laughs> Carter thing. She's pretty decent. Like I like so I I'm all on board for more Peggy Carter as long as we can have her. I, I think it's a great idea. To your other question about kind of a test run, I don't yeah. think so. Only because <laughs> the lead time on animation is so much different and oh, slower right. than the lead yeah. time on live action. So kind of like by the time you write the script for animation, record the voice actor, do the animatic send the animation overseas, get the animation back, 
do the sound mixing. By the time you get to the proof of concept, you probably would have already had to have started your live action shoot mm. uh, to catch up to it so it comes out roughly in the same time. So I don't know so much of a test run for characters, but I do think the way that they're doing it is just like we're talking about with this potential Captain Britain thing is that they know what they're doing and they get the timing right. And so we'll meet a character in animation and follow up pretty quickly by potentially seeing them in live action in a movie. And I think that's, you know, we talk about this a lot with Star Wars uh, with what they're doing, what they've done with Clone Wars and Rebels and Bad Batch and Mandalorian and the live action stuff that you're doing. And you're seeing the benefit of having characters appear either in live action first and then be an animation voiced by the same actress or vice versa and how exciting it is and how it ties the animated universe and the live action universe together. And it looks like Marvel's just following suit and I am all on board with that. Yeah. Jan? Yeah, I mean, Vogel knows those production timelines, especially for animated series, way better than I do. Mm -hmm. But I would say that I don't think they they would use the audience reception as a test run, but I do think... Uh, in the production process during the writing, if they could see ah, the possibilities see. of That's a character true. being That's like a in the creative process, being like, this is turning out really well. Let's use this down the line. Let's put this up on the board as as a piece we'll be able to use later. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, one last thing. Do you see any pitfalls uh, with this approach? Do you think we're stretching the boundaries of what uh, the fans can accept or watch or keep track of or follow? Um, obviously for every YouTuber, this is gold, but for regular people who aren't doing YouTube channels, are they going to be able to keep track of everything before they go into a movie theater going forward? Well, they will if they watch the Geek Buddies spoiler reviews. <laughs> good point, good point. Good point. <laughs> but I just, you know, I, I wonder, I just wonder. But maybe we've moved past that generation that would have been like, oh, I don't want to pay attention to all that. Maybe the newer generation, the generation my age is, is like, yeah, hell yeah, give it to me all. I will keep track of it. I'm on top of it. And the people who are like you guys, younger generation and younger generation after that, they'll keep track of everything. So do you think we've moved past that concern and we're in a whole new place where we can do this and it'll be fine? Well, I I think in the promotions, they've been pretty clear about The Watcher. And Mm -hmm. um, I would have to assume that as the show starts, they're going to give you a bit a bit of a a, a catch-up to be like, hey, right. this is what is going on. Oh, yeah. This is what this show is. And more than likely, that'll happen in every that'll happen in every episode. But yeah. this is what happens. This is what happens when this happens, this is what happens when we go this way. Right. Uh, um so even even if you uh, kind of go in sort of uninitiated, I think they will explain it as best they can. Yeah. Yeah, Mike? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the pitfall is the concept itself. The potential Mm -hmm. pitfall is the concept itself. Like, Marvel, over 23 movies in 10 years, kind of let us down a, here's all these characters, and they all exist in one universe, and they all interact with each other, and here's this bigger story that we're building to, and they got to Endgame, and you're like, well, fuck, you did it. Okay, good job. (laughs) As opposed to just trying to repeat that again, they're like, cool, Now there's a multiverse with lots of different versions of these characters and they're all going to collide with each other and our big bad guy is a time-traveling guy who can hop all through history and control everything and it's going to get really complicated. And the pitfall of that is exactly what you said, which is at a certain point the audience goes, I'm lost. I don't get it. I don't know. (laughs) I'm out. I don't know. I'm out. I'm out. I stopped watching. I stopped watching three movies ago because this guy showed up, but it was a variant of this version, but it was a previous variant that came in through time and he came up and there was a thing and I don't know what happened and I'm just going to go watch Taika Waititi's Flash Gordon movie. Like that's definitely, (laughs) that's definitely a possibility. I, I think that at this point they've proven that they're doing it. And I do think that to Shannon's point about with, with this series, they're going to introduce the watcher as you know, Jeffrey Wright as the watcher. And they're again, by having these 10 episodes, each one kind of dealing with a different part of the multiverse, it is baby stepping the non comic book audience into this concept in a nice fun animated series on TV. So that when we get to the madness part in Dr. Strange, there's at least an understanding. And if you don't get it, you can still lean over to your friend who watched What If and be like, okay, let me explain to you how this works. So there's a multiverse. <laughs> and this this guy is not really this guy. In the movies, he was this guy, but here he's this guy. But it all makes sense, right. but it's good. It's great, just check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, there you go. 
All right, that's the we're looking forward to it. It's coming out August 11th. Uh, we'll definitely be doing reviews here on the Geek Buddies. Hopefully, we can wrangle Emma in to join us yet again as our Marvel go to. She's always great to join us for this kind of stuff. So, hopefully, we can get her to come back and have fun with us, and maybe even Laura Kelly to pull at some point down the road, which could be a lot of fun. So, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be keeping tra- tabs on it. it's coming out next week, August 11th. I get the first three episodes tomorrow, so I'll be doing a non spoiler review of myself just talking about it real short. And then we'll do a big old spoiler review please, with the Geek Buddies for sure. Yes. Please, please do not text me, call me, or speak to me for the next seven days. Thank you. Called so it! Called it! <laughs> please. Please just do not. Please do like, not. Please, please do not talk to me. <laughs> I like your face. Please do not talk to me. Or <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Uh, thank you so much for watching this episode of the Geek Buddies. Shannon, uh, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Buddies, at MK Toon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Ooh, we got through that. All right, Mikey. Listen, uh, we love what we're doing here, and we love your help getting us there. So if you would like to help us keep doing what we're doing and get Shannon an Ethernet cable, here is what you can do for us. Um, You can uh, hit the like button below. Subscribe to John's Outlaw Nation page. There's a ton of awesome content, a lot of it with us, a lot of it with other people. He is a very busy man. Uh, Leave us comments below. What did you think of the trailers? What do you think of Taika Waititi? Are you excited about Blue Beetle? What are you stoked for about What If? Do you think that they bit off more than they can chew? Do you want to see these characters in live action like let us know all your thoughts below um if you're listening to us on anchor or spotify or apple podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are available definitely leave some stars leave some comments there it just helps us go up in those rankings so that when people like search for entertainment stuff they can find us and as always uh please retweet this video share it on all your social media channels tell people to check out the geek buddies uh some of you guys in person and on twitter have told us how you've been recommending the show to people how people have really enjoyed the spoiler reviews how it helped them understand what was going on in the marvel universe we love all of that and we want to do more of it so the more that you share the more that we care thank you so much (laughs) very well done all right let's get out of here much love to all of you we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of the geek Buddies! Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.